Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. No, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. No, so I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. We will continue Bandwagon Wednesday. Of course, I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. We'll be getting on bandwagons. Getting off bandwagons. And things of that sort. We'll talk spring football. Texas Tech and Joey McGuire starting yesterday in year two of their campaign. It really feels like two and a half. It feels like this is Joey McGuire's McGee- year three. McGuire. That's a tongue twister. Uh, we also had a topic on this morning's Raiderland. This afternoon's Raiderland, depending on which hour you were listening to. Uh, what was your favorite sports-related vacation? We'll continue that one as well. Uh, some great answers there on the Raiderland We'll continue asking you, what is your favorite sports-related vacation? Lots of bowl games, lots of Major League Baseball vacations. Uh, Once went on a father-son trip over Mother's Day weekend to a Rangers series. (laughs) Oh, Like three or four dads and a bunch of sons uh, just away from Mother's Day. It happened, you know. You live and learn. Sometimes you uh, uh, you plan things and then you kind of forget what's going on. Uh, this texter's 21st birthday was at a Duke game. At Cameron Indoor. That's a place I'd love to see a game. And if I went to a Duke game, if, uh, if it was Duke, North Carolina, and I was... At Cameron Indoor, I wouldn't be that guy who like wore tech gear or was inconspicuous. I would go decked out as a Duke fan. If I didn't have a dog in the fight, if they weren't playing Texas Tech and it was just Cameron Indoor, I would be decked out as the home team. It just feels more fun that way. Like if I went to the game or whatever they call it, the big game, their Ohio State, Michigan, I would pick one of the teams and, and go as that fan. Just feels more fun that way. Now, if it was a professional game, I could just wear what, like, 
black or something. Don't really care to share allegiances with other pro- professional sports fans. I don't know that I would wear a Cowboys hat to like a Vikings-Packers game, but I could enjoy that. If it was a college game, though, and I was just out and about and it was a huge rivalry game in a historic venue, I would I would play the part. Let's add on to the vacation topic, a sports vacation you've taken or just one you would like to go to. What's a sporting event that you would plan a vacation around? Is there any dream sports vacation that you would want to go on? I think it would be really fun to hit a tour of some stadiums. Or go on like a Rangers road trip. Like when they go on a Seattle, Los Angeles, Oakland 10-game road trip, that would be awesome. I've never been to uh, O.co. We'll see how long they last there. I've never been uh, to the Los Angeles Stadium. See how long that lasts. I mean, I'm sure it will, but you have to be frustrated as as an Angels fan, huh? No success, very little success. The Rangers owned the AO West, and then the Angels looked like they were going to take over, and the Astros come out of nowhere after their rebuild, own the AO West since. The A's have punched up a few times. The Mariners punched up a couple times. The Angels have just been one man, two men. An absolute travesty that Mike Trout re-signed. And you know, I respect it. I respect that Mike Trout is still an angel. He's one of the few that doubled down and stayed where he was in these major contracts we've gotten. You know, Machado left. Bryce Harper leaves. Kind of in that era. But uh, Kershaw's still a Dodger. Though it ended up working out for him. Trout. Still an angel. And Otani coming up. And what's crazy is the Angels could reshape their franchise if they got rid of their two best players. How much would they command? You could rebuild their entire farm system. It's a dirty word, but they could tank, rebuild their entire farm system, or really rebuild very close to ready to compete just by trading off those two players and a couple more, if not just those two. Interesting. Uh, We can obviously talk uh, Grant McCasland as well. Likely to be the next head coach. Jeff Goodman reporting yesterday. Uh, and I understand the game. I uh, I am a, a sports analyst. I don't call myself a journalist, but I am uh, in the media, on the air, every day. I've written for eight years. 
I understand the headlines. There was another headline today, I think, from uh, Clutch Sports or something, who just reshaped Jeff Goodman's tweet. Texas Tech settles on new coach after whiffing. Okay. I get it. And I I understand its semantics. And I have been on this radio station saying I would not be overwhelmed with a Grant McCaslin hire for two weeks. But you know who I was really high on two years ago when they hired Mark Adams instead? Grant McCaslin. He really seemed to fit the post-beard section. So if you just burn two years and go back to the last available coaching search, I was really high on Grant McCaslin. What's changed in the last two years? Well, he's still at UNT. And I hadn't really processed that until somebody asked it on the Raiderland today. And they said, why is he still at UNT? And I thought to myself, well, maybe he's waiting on a great job that he feels like is a great fit. And if, in fact, he does become the Texas Tech coach, that's the job he was waiting on. Or the caliber of job he was waiting on. Or the location of job that he was waiting on. I also don't fault Grant McCasland for middling NCAA tournament experience. He went once and won a game. In his time in the Conference USA, that is a one-bid league, and one out of the six years he's been there, there wasn't even a tournament. Well, you have to win your conference tournament to go, and he's not done, well, when has Texas Tech won the Big 12 tournament? Never. If Grant McCaslin was 25 and 14 or whatever he is this year in the Big 12, they would have been a three seed. And they wouldn't have needed to do anything at the at the Big 12 tournament. I told you a week ago I would not complain about Grant McCaslin. And I'm not complaining about him. I'm not overwhelmed with it. I think it is a solid hire. Some would say safe. I think I have said safe. But you know what? Safe's not bad. Safe's not aggressive. Safe's not good. But it's not bad. And maybe that's what this program needs. After such volatility in the last three seasons, going back to the beard drama, which we later found out was from December to the end of the year and not just the week following the season. Where if you go back to the December of the year that Beard left, he had not signed his extension and was prepared to leave for six months and not just one week. Then you go back to all the drama of the last two years in the Mark Adams era. Maybe you do just need some stability as a program. And McCasland, with his identity, seemingly has a really strong stability. He's been in this area. He coached 
or was a part of the staff at Texas Tech in the late 90s, early 2000s. His wife played soccer here. Aren't those some of the things we always pine and long for in a coaching search for Texas Tech? Well, he has to love the area. He has to be a West Texas guy who understands West Texas. Seemingly, that describes Grant McCaslin. This text time in for Grant McCaslin. If the four guys on the committee think he's the right coach, he did beat a team last night. We lost to twice this year using sub power five talent. I liked the effort the team played with, and I think that's a reflection of the coach. Absolutely. By the way, winning in Stillwater is not easy to do. And that's a team a lot of people thought should have been an NCAA tournament team, myself included, in Stillwater. Mark Adams is a head coach 0-2 in Stillwater. Beard at Texas Tech and Stillwater 1 and 4. Beard at Texas and Stillwater 0 and 1. Tubby Smith and Stillwater 1 and 2. It's really hard to win in Stillwater. They like win 80% of their games there. My buddies and I have always talked about going to Boston in September, watching the Red Sox and Patriots. That would be a school, a cool trip. Yes, absolutely. Especially in the fall. You know, I, I hear they do uh, seasons there. Rob, the Summer and Winter Olympics have always been a dream destination. Be a great long vacation with opening ceremonies up to the final event, but pass on the ending ceremony. Yeah, depending where they are, that would absolutely be a fun trip. Uh, if you could go up to Canada for the Winter Olympics, where do they do that every once in a while? Vancouver? I think it would be really fun to go to the World Cup uh, in four years when it's at Jerry World and, and places around the U.S. And I believe in Mexico. And then the Summer Olympics, yeah, I, again, depending where it is, if it's in... Brazil, I don't know that I'm going down there and hanging out for two weeks, three weeks. But if it's uh, if it's around, yeah, if it's in a if it's in a destination type place, absolutely, that'd be really fun. Catching the uh, the swimming, the track and field, the beach volleyball, the the judo, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Again, depending where it is. Uh, this texture, also if McCaslin comes, who are his assistants? I've heard of bringing back Peary and maybe hiring Jacus from Baylor. Let's talk about that when we come back. Um, because again, I don't think you can, I don't think you can judge McCaslin just on McCaslin. I think you have to judge the staff. The reason a lot of people were out early on Matt Wells was because he just brought a full Mountain West staff. 
And I have some thoughts on, on Peary, too. I gave him on the Raiderland. We'll give him here, and then we'll be done talking about it in that realm. But I do have some reservations there. It's the Rob Rose Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Rob Rocho Talk, 103.9 News, Money, Sports. Stop me if you've heard this one before. There's infighting among Pac-12 media members, and it's Jason Shear versus John Wilner. We'll get to that after we talk about this McCaslin staff. Now, I do want to reiterate, <clears throat> McCaslin has not been hired by Texas Tech. McCaslin was reportedly emerging as a frontrunner emerging, the keyword. I was asked yesterday, uh, why in the world was John Goodman given this information over other people? Now, he wasn't. Carlos Silva uh, had McCaslin as his front runner for like two weeks there at the AJ. Don Williams also reporting that. Uh, Chris Level. Red Raider Sports, Ben Golan, have all been pretty firm that Grant McCaslin was the front runner. They just didn't say in a national publication that Texas Tech swung and missed and have settled on McCaslin. That, that's why it blew up yesterday, because of the language of the tweet. But McCaslin, and that, there's a reason why for... Every day we talked about the coaching search here on the Raiderland and the Rob Bro Show, McCaslin was mentioned. He was the front runner. There was a report from coaching changes uh, who seemingly are fairly plugged in. They're not always right. But before the suspension news even broke, uh, there was thought that people that Texas Tech would move on from Mark Adams and McCaslin was the guy. So Goodman's report last night was not the first report that McCaslin was the front runner. It was just the report that got traction. This is not a uh, brand new occurrence here. Oh, but back to the texture from before the break. If McCaslin comes, who are the assistants? I've heard of bringing back Peary and maybe hiring John Jacobs from Baylor. Um. Jacus is a quality coach from a quality program. You could do worse than hiring John Jacus. Barrett Peary was really good in Lubbock for a year. And I don't think Barrett Peary wanted to leave Lubbock. There were just issues between him and his boss that facilitated that move out of Lubbock. If Barrett Peary wants to come back, and judging by his Twitter activity, that seems likely. If he really truly loves Texas Tech and Lubbock and wants to be here as an assistant, then 
outside of the committee, I think Barrett Peary should reach out to Grant McCasland and say, hey, I'd like to interview with you for a job on your staff. And if that's the process, 100% back on the Barrett Peary bandwagon in Lubbock. I love what he did for a year. I love how he left as far as the upfrontness and the the authenticity. We use that a word a lot in, in coaches. I feel like he's really authentic. If if Barrett Peary makes that move and is brought back with McCasland because of that title of it, because McCasland wants Barrett Peary, one hundred percent on that train. Conversely, if McCaslin is told, we'll hire you, here's your first assistant, I don't know that I like that. I don't like that start for McCaslin. Now, if he's told that and McCaslin says, oh, yes, absolutely, he was going to be my first call, all right. But if there's some kind of language in the contract that says you have to hire this guy to be hired, I, I, I don't know. I think back to another North Texas coach who would have gotten the Kansas State job but said, I want to bring my own staff. I don't want you hiring anybody for me. And then he didn't get the Kansas State job. That was a football coach. And then he stayed at North Texas for several more years and got fired. So, yes, I'm in on Peary uh, organically joining the staff. We'll say it that way. Uh, this, I'm assuming, is a sports vacation or a law firm, Whistler and Banff. Uh, it's analyst, one word, to the texter. Uh, do you think McCaslin can really compete in the Big 12 and bring us to the promised land? Or is he just another guy for in the meantime and in between time? McCaslin has won everywhere he's coached. North Texas historically is a, a bad program. Like, five of their best ten seasons ever were five of the last six years. Their four best seasons ever were the last four years. If you look at the last 20 years when some of these analytical models like Ken Palm and T-Rank have been around, McCasland is way better than who's been there in the last 20 years at North Texas. That's a really hard job. And he has done it well. Is McCasland going to be the best coach ever? I don't know. Did we think Beard would go to a national championship in year three? After missing the tournament in year one? And being really bad 
in close games and overtime games. He played a lot of close games his first year. He just couldn't win them. The next year he went to the Elite Eight. The next year he went to the National Championship game. So my honest answer, can McCaslin compete in the Big 12? I don't know. But I do know he won in Stillwater last night as a four and a half point dog. I do know I have a really high respect for how his teams play and the tenacity and effort. I do know that was when he was a JUCO coach, his offenses were really good. When he had the offensive talent in 2020, his offense at North Texas was really good. Does his, J, his, does his name this year jump off the page? No, but if he was their initial target and then they went and interviewed a bunch of other guys just to see and then they hired the initial target after a due diligent search, I can't blame anyone for that. That seems the right way to do it. That's how I would report it rather than swinging and missing or whiffing. All right, let's take a break here and we come back. A little Pac-12 banter. Shear and Wilner are at it again. Shear going as far as to say George Klyakov is lying and that Pac-12 media members are lying to you for him. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rush with Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. The text line 806-855-3712. This texter. Every coach is only here for the meantime. They all move on eventually. That's mostly true. I think there are few coaches who uh, would refute that. <clears throat> Bayheim was there for a long time. Coach K ended his career there. Roy Williams there at North Carolina for a long time ended his career there. Uh, but that might be your last stop is your final stop. Now Coach K's was like forty years, something crazy. But generally, yeah. Every coach is only here for a meantime. Yeah, I think I think that generally rings true. Most coaches are only here for the meantime, I think would be the accurate way to say it, but technically right is not always the best right. Generally is. Last night, Jason Shear tweeted out a Screenshot of a John Wilner story. 
This is from John Wilner. The board of directors met Tuesday and is scheduled to convene remotely again the week after next. However, the process is unfolding daily on a less formal basis. Um, Just to interject, they did not meet yesterday. They met this morning. The commissioner, George Klyakov, discussing, discussing, discussing options with the executive committee and the individual presidents. The presidents then talking with each other. We're all but certain that every president will know the specifics of the media deal and the expansion options before the next board meeting. That's the one in two weeks. There will be no surprises. Period. If everyone is ready to move forward, they will assuredly vote before the next meeting. Klyakov has zero reason to wait. Another interjection. Uh, Klyakov has waited and is way behind the eight ball now. Back to Wilner. Also expect any approvals to be unanimous or portrayed as unanimous. Unanimous or portrayed as unanimous. The conference won't want any hint of discontent. Portrayed as unanimous. As a source once told the hotline in higher education, a vote 9 to 1 is a tie. Shears context, I like Wilner, but this clearly isn't true. Wilner and Shear then had a back and forth, cordial it seems, about an hour ago. Wilner saying today, correcting some of the notes in his piece, The Pac-12 board met this morning. I'm told presidents received a positive update. The process will continue. Next board meeting is second week of April. So not two weeks. uh, More like three weeks. Key point, the situation could be resolved prior to that or after. Way to nail down the bases there, Wilner. Scheduled meetings are not the only avenue for voting slash approvals. The only thing Wilner knows for certain, he says, and have been told by multiple sources for weeks, is the negotiations with Apple and Amazon take much longer than with ESPN because they don't have contractual templates for college football deals. So every step goes back to lawyers for review. Shear then says, in terms of negotiations, Mr. Wilner, that would infer presidents have numbers, correct? Wilner responds, and he says things, but I don't feel like he understands what he's saying. But he says, I'm sure Klyavkov has seen initial numbers, yes. Honestly, don't know what has been shared with full board or exec committee and whether all parties have submitted final bids. Whether there's a range based on tiers being mixed and matched, etc., these deals are really complicated. If you read that in the context of Wilner's past reporting in the last 48 hours, in my opinion, everything else is BS. I don't know what's been shared with full board or executive committee. Translation, 
I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to keep tweeting and writing because I have to. Sheer this morning before this interaction. Basically saying, hey, if you still believe what's going on with these other writers, you're being lied to. And then he doubled down, said, if this is what Klyavkov is saying to the executive committee, he's lying to them. Now, I generally say, when you have two sides to a story, it's like being on two islands and the truth is on some ocean in between. But it just feels like the truth leans toward more sheer. And not Wilner Canzano. By the way, Canzano freaking out, claiming disinformation. I was photoshopped. I've never used that photo. I have, I don't make AP mistakes. And then having to delete a tweet because that was a real tweet that he was quote tweeting that somebody said. If somebody combats Canzano, he just claims misinformation and says it's coming from the Big 12 and on. I don't like it in politics. I hate it in sports. Hey, Rob, just hope you're having a great day. Stash is looking great. Love you. It's from Grande Apollo. Uh, thank you, man. I don't know how you've seen me today, but... Uh, are you still warring with Wilner? No. What frustrates me about John Wilner, though, is I he knows. He knows he doesn't know. But he's still reporting like he knows. It, that is just so frustrating. I just wish he'd be honest to himself and be honest to the public and say, you know what? George Klyakov doesn't know. The presidents don't know. We are in a mix of uncertainty. But then he writes the sentence out loud. The Pac-12 wants to be portrayed as unified. Parentheses, my interpretation. They're not unified. Close parentheses. Spike Dykes always said coaches should never plant trees, referring to expectation of a long-term stay in a city. Yeah. He had a great, a lot of great quotes. Uh, Marshand and Arand from the Sports Business Journal agree on the late timeline for Apple Amazon. It's odd that he says Klyakov doesn't have time to wait, but also says that the timeline is slow for those two. Yes. It, everything is odd that Wilner is reporting because it feels like Wilner is being willful. And that's what's been fr frustrating with Wilner is it, he's better than this. Canzano's not better than this. Canzano is Canzano. Wilner is better than he's saying. <laughs> Paktifa claiming that the Big 12 has paid off every major media outlet including the Wall Street Journal, to spread misinformation. And then he calls the Big 12, 12 and on. Yeah. There's only been one conference, to my knowledge, 
that has not just reported facts as they come in. And that's the Pac-12. The Pac-12, and I, again, Wilner's a journalist. Canzano is an analyst to me. Because Canzano is not presenting any facts ever. He's giving opinions. He's an editorialist at best. Nothing he states is based in any fact. It's just what he reads between those facts. And he's just been off. Continually, every step of the way. And if it's mid-April, and you don't know what's going on in your conference. That's not good. I know I'm breaking ground here. It's just flat out not good. And to say the quiet part out loud, that they're either going to be unified or portrayed as unified, says more than I think he even knows. I had a lot of respect for Wilner before realignment from the texture. Yeah, I agree. And I still think he does good work. It's just every once in a while he does this stuff. All right, we'll take a break here and we come back to the final segment of the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports, finishing up a Wednesday on Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Rose Show Talk, 103.9 News Money Sports. Quick note before we go back to the text line. Rangers Hall of Fame radio broadcaster Eric Nadell will not be in the booth to start the 2023 season. The statement from Nadell. As many of you know, for years I've been an advocate for those with mental health issues. And I, I now find myself dealing with anxiety, insomnia, and depression which are currently preventing me from doing the job I love. So I regret to say I will not be in the broadcast booth when the season starts. He continues, I am tremendously grateful to Matt and Jared for the superb job they are doing in my absence. Rangers management has been wonderful to me. I thank them for their concern, kindness, and understanding. Rangers fans have always given me tremendous support, and I ask for their continued support at this time and in the future. He also says, I'm receiving treatment as I go through the healing process. Encourage others with similar issues to reach out for help. One hundred percent. If you're going through something, reach out. Never go through it alone. I went through it alone for a long time. Suffered for it. You're not alone. You're not weak. Reach out. 
We'll just end it there. This was another edition of the Rob Bro Show. We'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland at 11 a.m. before we do this program another time. We're just stacking success here. I do appreciate all of you. Appreciate you the that text in, that follow along, that interact on Twitter. Really enjoyed uh, doing this show. It's a Rob Bro show. I've been Rob Bro. Be Rob Bro. We'll see you tomorrow. and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.